0: shuttle pod three you're cleared for departure safe travels And welcome to another episode of Shuttle Scuttle. I'm Brandon, and I'm joined once again on today's journey aboard Ship Talking's personal shuttle by almost the whole team and a very special guest. So we've got James, we've got Alex, we've got George, and special guest straight in from, uh, let's say, Utopia Planitia. We've got Thomas Moroni, a.k.a. Thomas the Cat from Cryptic. How is everyone doing? Doing great. Good. Thank you very much.
1: We're good. Oh, doing very good.
0: Excited to be here. Thank you so, so much for joining the weather is nicer than it is on Mars, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's still burning down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we're missing Robbie today, but you know what? He is on shore leave right now in Ryza, so I'm sure he's uh having a great time, but glad you could join us virtually while we're here on our shuttle, Thomas. And now while we're on route, I want to talk about 25th century ships and their design language. And, uh, you know, it's great to have you here, Thomas, because you designed a lot of them. Now, these ships, are of course, from the post-Nemesis years, many of them seen in Star Trek Online, This is kind of your Odyssey class type era, the Pathfinder, many more. Also, of course, you know, the refits of the Oberth, the Steamrunner, and a lot others. Uh, But uh, Thomas, when you think of 25th century design language, what really separates it from, you know, right before the 24th century ships that we've seen?
2: Yeah, um, in a lot of ways, it's sort of, uh, I think it it really started with the Sovereign. um, The Sovereign, you know, is the Enterprise E. So it showed up in First Contact and it has a very sleek language. And the actually the coloration of the sovereign has, is very high contrast, right? You have some some light gray paneling, and then you have some very dark um, charcoal gray paneling, some some tan stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when Adam. Uh, uh, Adam Williams was taking Adam Iles' design uh, uh, for the Enterprise F, mm-hmm. and he was going to use that to kind of redefine what a Star Trek online ship looks like in 2011. I think they were working on, on that right. So Adam Eiley, uh designed the Enterprise F for the Enterprise F contest, and then uh, once he submitted his design and it was chosen as the winner, it uh, Adam Williams, the STO uh, ship artist at the time, and there was only one, <laughs> so it was just <laughs> him. Um, it was his job to. Kind Kind of take Eilis uh, uh, design and and you know bring that into the game as the Enterprise F, and he knew that when he was doing that, it was kind of going to be like a hard reset for what ships, STO ships looked like, mm-hmm. um, and he wanted. So before that, if people remember, um, Star Trek Online ships were all very chunky, and it was just sort of like we they they, they took. I wasn't on the team at the time, but. Um, and I want to be careful. I don't want to badmouth it too much, but you know those guys were under a lot of pressure, a lot of time time crunch, and, and had a lot of uh, spinning plates. But you know they they took existing models like the Intrepid or the Miranda, and they just sort of added a bunch of chunky stuff to it. <laughs> um, and that was sort of what they what the original STO ship aesthetic was. And when um, Adam Williams started on the Enterprise F, he he knew that that really wasn't where Star Trek was actually going. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you look uh, from the Enterprise A to the Enterprise D to the Enterprise E, that it was getting, Star Trek actually was getting sleeker, right, and it was getting more high contrast. And so when he was building Enterprise F, he, he really took the Enterprise E and sort of, okay, what if I make this even sleeker and more organic? And so that's what he did. He filed off a lot of the rough edges. You don't see any of the chunkiness that a lot of the Star Trek online ships had seen before, like, had used before. And then, and then he came up with the material that the Enterprise F used which is um was heavily inspired by a lot of like Sid Mead and um mm. Uh, you know, like, hardcore, utopian, futurist um, artwork, uh, you know, NASA space shuttle, very black and white, high contrast kind of um, hull plating. And that became the Enterprise F that Adam Williams did, became the sort of new standard that we we made all our ships to. And then come uh, tier six ships, um, <laughs> this is hilarious because there's another Adam involved, and, <laughs> and, and his name is Adam Gibson. and he he was a Star Trek Island ship artist after Adam Williams. And he's the one who actually came up with the tier six uh, ship material um, that was really like an evolution of what, uh, Williams had done mm-hmm. with the Enterprise F, right? So it's 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 got more reflection in it. So it feels almost like, you know, it feels super polished and clean and and futuristic and sleek. Like no matter what you put it on that type six material, right? It's it's very, it's almost like a mirror surface, right? And there's a lot of detail and speculative variation to it. But but the idea is just sort of, you know, reaching further a bit further and further into the future, a bit further away from just like standard battleship gray. And and just trying to make things feel, um, they're like it's not 25th century Starfleet isn't super organic, but it is um, it is very sleek and and very like that futuristic mid
0: aesthetic. I I love the ships, and I love every time that there's a tweet about you know one of the refits coming out, and I love how you know it ties back to what the ship looks like and and what we've seen from its you know original, um, but it just takes it that step further into the future.
2: The future. <laughs> yeah. And (laughs) That's, I I definitely want to, I mean, a a big, a big part of that is Hector Ortiz, our uh, STO's uh, senior concept artist. So he's the one who's, um, I've designed uh, a few of these 25th century ships, but Hector is, you know, that's his job really is to design the ships, Mm -hmm. right? And the ship artists build them based on his, his artwork. And Hector has an amazing talent for taking, for picking, like picking out what's important about a design and then. Figuring out what you can stretch and push. And so that's, you, you get amazing things like the Clark that we just did, um, yes. which I owe uh, Hector Design and I love. And it's so sleek and cool. Um, but it's still obviously like of that Malakowski lineage, right?
1: Playing Stowe for seven years, I, I definitely think they're probably my favorite era of ships. Probably one of the dumb reasons why is the Bussard Collectors. <laughs> I mean, I like glowy lights. I am a simple mm. woman. I see glowy <laughs> lights. I like.
2: Yeah, Hector. He he really likes uh, to make sure that the that ships have a sense of directionality. He likes to f- kind of Im- imply function with a lot of his stuff. Yeah. So he'll you know and you know we don't necessarily know exactly what it is, but we'll put some machinery here and you know like oh they're the they're the science balls and like <laughs> <laughs> that's they're they're there for science. Uh, and the bizarre collectors I think are, are definitely a signature Star Trek thing that tells you like oh this is a Star Trek like when you see them in the cells and the bizarre collectors and stuff. Yeah, when they're not there, it feels weird. Like, I know there are a couple of Discovery Season 1 ships that were like all compact and in themselves. There was one, mm-hmm. or was the Hoover class maybe? I don't remember that looked like a, a Roomba. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember thinking, like, hmm, I, I think Space Doc pointed out that, like, you know, by the old rules, you know, if you're walking down a corridor in, in, in the middle of that <laughs> ship, you're going to be getting some horrendous radiation going through <laughs> you. <so. laughs> yeah. And that's one of the fun things about um, what we've been able to do lately with the Discovery inspired stuff is obviously we bring the cannon ship into the game, mm-hmm. but then we'll work with Hector and the team mm-hmm. to update those, those ships to our STO aesthetic and. And a lot of people really, they like the, the SO ship just as much as the the cannon ship, you know, because we, we've been able to push it and pull it a little bit. And um, to me, like, I, th- I think it's important to to remember that a lot of people think about ships and like, oh, they got to be, you know, they're, it's all about the details and stuff. And yeah, details are important. But the thing that really matters is actually when you pull back really far away and then you're looking at just, you're squinting, right? And you just see a tiny little silhouette of the ship in the mm. distance. And like, can you still tell what that ship is. And uh ships, it's just like a graphic design, like making a mm-hmm. logo that, you know, like the golden arches of the Nike swoosh, right? Or a cartoon character like Disney, Mickey Mouse and Bart Simpson, right? It's like, you don't need the detail to know, like, oh, that's the Enterprise from Star Trek, or that's a Star mm-hmm. Destroyer, or that's the Millennium Falcon, right? Like there's, uh, and that's actually why the Enterprise, I think, as a ship design is so strong and so unique and why the Enterprise mm-hmm. has inspired, you know, 55 years of new designs yeah. that you can all still tell exactly where they came from right yeah. that's pretty incredible uh, as an artistic feed matt jeffries really was a genius and mm. uh you know i wish i wish you were still with us so that we could talk to him for this podcast because it would be it <laughs> so would cool. be pretty incredible that would be amazing uh, uh i i do mm. remember um talking to doug drexler about him um and it's really funny because like you know i idolize guys like doug drexler and mike kuda but mm-hmm. then you talk to them and they idolize you know matt jeffries and ron cobb mm. and all these other people um so mm. it's just funny to to just see like a chain of heroes <laughs> <to> <laughs> down. but but he was talking so he and Mike Akuda and I think Denise what was there with them they had like a big binder full of photos of the original Enterprise model uh, cool. that you know from that I think were taken after the show was over and they took that those photos that binder to Matt Jeffries home and they wow. sat down with him and just like hey let's just talk about this right Aww. and like and one of the things he said he's like I kind of wish I had known that this was going to blow up and be like a huge phenomenon, but I also am really glad that I didn't, you know, like that that I had no idea what I was putting in the ground, essentially, like I would have second-guessed every decision if I knew how important it was going to be, so it's just really interesting to, to have heard that from the artist who kind of created all of <laughs> the language for all of Star Trek ships mm. and how, you know, he just he had no idea, but, you know, he was uh, talented and skilled enough that he, he really knocked it out of the park and we're still mm. iterating on it. He mm-hmm. could knock it out of the park, yeah, like you say, without him him knowing and it just being a work day, like going right. to work, gonna design this <laughs> ship, whatever, move on to the next project. Yeah, yeah. And that's something uh, I don't, you know, I I mean like we're really lucky with, with STO in yeah. the sense that we don't have a blank canvas, right? That's something that they say that it's super intimidating for an artist. That the most intimidating thing is a blank canvas. And so with Star Trek Online, we're we're working with something. We we know what Star Trek ship language is, and we and we know like pushing and pulling it, and that's really what the 25th century ship is which is about is figuring like how, how far can you take it but also you have to have those things in there that are familiar that give people comfort and like oh that's definitely mm-hmm. a starfleet ship
0: now james i know you're a huge fan of the intrepid so when mm-hmm. you saw the uh evolution towards the pathfinder i i could imagine you you're pretty excited to see what that step forward kind of looked like and i i think that's something really cool that sto does
1: yeah it, it was really cool because there was a intrepid successor that had been floating around the mod mm-hmm. community for a while the Vivace class I believe Mm -hmm. Um, before STO came along that came out of the Bridge Commander mod community which took a few more cues from the Intrepid itself but the Pathfinder oh, sure. mm-hmm. and then subsequently now we have the future Intrepid class as mm-hmm. well and they're all playing with these very similar shapes yet they're really distinct at the same time and like it blows my mind as a non-designer that somebody can look at you know the Intrepid class as we see it in Voyager and then go hmm how can I make this future and then come out with something like the Pathfinder like these steps in between a be i have no idea what they are but it blows my mind every time and i have to you know hand it to everybody that works on sto and in the modern shows as well you know absolutely knocking it out the park in terms of respecting the heritage of trek and its design
2: lineage while pushing it forward and pushing those boundaries it's really mm. incredible thanks I, I really appreciate you saying that it's a, it's definitely a rope to walk um and then definitely we all internally disagree sometimes about how far is too far and you know like you know well, no, we can't do that for X, Y, or Z. But um, I, and I do want to say, like, that's actually one of the things that's really challenging is there's so many beautiful fan Starships that have come out over the years, and like, you know, every now and then somebody asks, like, can we get X, Y, or Z into Stow? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, we can't. <laughs> like, I really can't <laughs> do that because you know they, they, we can't just take people's uh, artwork mm-hmm. and shove it in, the, even though we even though we have the license and they don't. Like that, that's just a you know a crappy thing to do. And uh, and you know you don't want to get you know you want to be a good partner for CBS. You don't want to get them in any sort of legal trouble or, yeah. or scandal so yeah but i do sort of channel the ideas that have been in the fandom for a while the ross class mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, which was done for the legendary galaxy that is something uh that's sort of been a long like there have been a lot of takes on that like post sovereign galaxy refit or you know a new iteration of the galaxy class informed by sovereign class details and so and so that's where i went with the ross and that was like not inspired by any one particular fanship but definitely in Inspired by the idea of doing that, and having seen so many other people's takes on it, it was just sort of like, okay, well, what? How would I do this? Um, and that was a lot of fun for, for me to take it that way. As far as twenty fifth century galaxies go, I'd say the Ross is a little bit more uh, elegant than the Galaxy X. You know. <laughs>
1: I'm of the same opinion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was fun. Recently, I re I remastered the Andromeda, and uh, and yeah, and that yeah. was one of my first um, the first one of the Pathfinder was the first, and the Andromeda was the second. 25th century <laughs> ships that I designed, and so it was a lot of fun uh, to go back and remaster the Andromeda and bring it up to the vision of sort of what I had already always seen in my head with the mm. new material and in a lot more detail, and I'm actually working on that for the Pathfinder around it right now, too. Ooh. Um, so we're going to see a remastered Pathfinder in the game um, before too long here. So That's uh, absolutely I'm brilliant. So I'll be jumping in on that day. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I, like all our remasters, those will be free if you already own one of those ships you'll you know, really kind
1: of update I knew yeah. buying the intrepid pack would pay off one day.
0: <laughs> 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 well Thomas we really appreciate you taking uh, some time out of your uh, busy work schedule there on Utopia Planitia and you know hollow beaming yourself in uh, onto our <laughs> shuttle but we're approaching Ryza and I think we need to prepare for our descent but thank you everyone for tuning into today's discussion and we'll be sure to report back on how many Horgons Robbie found during his stay as always <laughs> If you want to get in touch, you can do so via our website, chiptalkingpod.com, or send us an email. <laughs> there's Thomas holding up his, uh, his gun There's one for there's one for all of us. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> the count starts now. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Anyways, you know how to get in touch with us. Send us an email. Uh, you can also reach us on Twitter. And of course, uh, thanks for all of our supporters on Patreon. Check out the benefits if you haven't already, patreon.com slash chiptalkingpod. We will chat to you all next week.